Hello and welcome to the Health Coach Approach with Emma podcast. I am Emma and I'm your host and I'm very delighted to have you with me today. The Health Coach Approach podcast is all about having authentic, down-to-earth chats about what it means to be healthy and well in our body, minds and spirits. Now, if you want to find out more about me, head over to to my website, www.thehealthcoachapproach.com.au. On there, you can download the free wellness program that includes meditations, movement practices, breath work, mindfulness, and daily well-being strategies that are super easy to implement into your day. It's all there, and if you download it, pop in your email, and then download the Kajabi app. Now, there you'll get super easy access to all of these teachings and practices. The Health Coach Approach also works with individuals, workplaces, private organizations, schools, gyms and wellness centers to provide programs, classes and educational seminars all about holistic health and wellness. I also have a Generation Be Well Facebook group. So if you're a parent, grandparent, auntie, uncle or someone that works with young kids and wants to really create positive connections that are mindful, head over and join that group too. There you get discounts where I'm going to be releasing guided meditation resources as well as mindful movement adventure resources for young children. I'm running a mindful mindful parenting and co course later this year that starts on october the 4th and this goes for 10 weeks and you can find out more information about this course in that generation be well facebook group coming later this year is the hda membership and it's all online so you can develop this practice at home which is so important during these times of lockdown and things like that in this membership you'll have wellness practices meditation, mindful movement, rhythm rituals where we connect with natural cycles in the environment and we create rituals around these. There's also a component that is called the School of Wellness and this is education seminars where I bring in other experts in the health and wellness area and they're going to enhance your health in a holistic sense and I'll also be doing some educational seminars too. So stay tuned for that. This brings me on to my next guest, Rory Warnock Wellness. He is an awesome guy and he focuses on strength and conditioning, mobility, recovery, and breath work. He has a special emphasis on breath work. He works with high level athletes to improve performance as well as coaching CEOs to sharpen their focus abilities and find calm using breath work principles. In our chat, we talk about the importance of nasal breathing, how Rory was free diving with sea, sea lions, his 100 kilometer race, which he completed in just over 13 hours. And as well as a really honest and open chat about his battle with mental health and depression. So stay tuned and listen in to this Health Coach Approach podcast episode. Okay, welcome guys. And today on the podcast with the Health Coach Approach with Emma, very fortunate to have Rory, a performance and wellness coach with us today, just to talk about his, um, how he got to where he is and why it's so important to be spreading the message of holistic health and how he's helping people in his field. So very excited to have you on here, Rory. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm very well, very, very well. Thank you. 
so I guess we'll just start with um, just explaining a little bit about you, um, like your background, how you kind of got into this and where you're from. Okay, good place to start. So I am um, <laughs> originally from Edinburgh um, and now I'm based in sunny Sydney. So a little bit of a mm. different lifestyle change. I spent six years living and working in London um, before coming out here. Uh, I guess my background, I, I studied strength and conditioning science at university where I graduated with a 2-1 and first in my dissertation with my dissertation being published. I, mm. I knew that I had an interest in health, fitness, wellness, but I was a bit confused when I left uni of where that could take me. Um, the mm. internships within kind of professional sports that I did for a period of time just paid such little money that you could hardly even live in mm. London at all. So I guess the pressures of life then pushed me into the corporate world. I then worked in consumer goods sales for three years as an account manager, looking after P&Ls, cash flows, budget sheets, etc. Mm. Uh, from there, I always had a passion in health and fitness and I always trained really hard and um, I then fell into a bit of a depression. Um, depression probably started just at the end of my uni, maybe my third year at uni, but I didn't know what it was at the time. Mm. I remember I just would cry quite a lot. Um, I would cry when I'd leave my parents and I would cry in the evenings. But depression was never really spoken about my upbringing mm. or at school, so I was just confused. Mm. I then just got cracking in the corporate world thinking that was the thing to do. Things kind of got worse. Uh, they spiraled slightly. I then went on antidepressants. Um, my girlfriend then recommended that I went to this breathwork session. So I thought, oh, goodness, uh, do, I, do I have to do more woo-woo stuff? Um, mm. I was already doing a lot of uh, yoga and I was trying to meditate, but I found it very difficult. Mm. Um, so fast forward a few years, I then left the, the corporate world um went all guns blazing into the health and fitness space um when i moved to australia so that's kind of where i am now that's a, a brief snapshot of who i am my background and why i do what i what i do now um i hope that slightly answers that question i feel like i went <laughs> off in a bit I feel yeah. like i went off in a bit of a tangent we, no. can go, we can go back to any of that if you want to talk to me even more <laughs> yeah um do you think um because obviously we always say with depression and things like this that exercise and physical activity really helps but did you think um yeah obviously you went into breath work and you kind of found yoga so did you think there was just more that was required than any depressants and the physical side um you needed more um, kind of support or more education around supporting your mental health? Yeah, no, good question. I, I mean, I've got a very addictive, intense personality. So when I, when I finally realized that things weren't good and weren't normal and that I wanted to live m more of a life, I, I did everything to get my mind and body, well, mind specifically, into a stronger, more robust state. So mm. uh, things, things from listening to podcasts, the likes of Ed Milet, um, Tony Robbins, more mm. like the peak, peak performance, personal development stuff, just to try and improve the way that I, I was thinking in life, the way I perceived life. So I did that. Then I was doing a lot of running, was doing a lot of strength training, was trying to meditate, but I struggled because of 
from my kind of anxiety and um, mm. being left with my thoughts is probably the worst thing that could have happened to me um so i did a, a wide plethora of things um to try and help it so i i think it's a, a holistic approach and that's why i'm very passionate as a as a coach now um with my clients to have a holistic approach to health where depending on what you're wanting to achieve there's a number of avenues that you can go down as opposed to just saying oh yeah i only run or i just do yoga um mm. or i just meditate there's there's many things that you can do to improve mm. did you think the lifestyle that you were living when you were in london um i only spent a little bit of time a few years ago living with my friend in london um i was just staying on her couch but just experiencing that kind of lifestyle um as well as the weather but it really didn't support my health in a way um that i thought was best so i guess my question is do you think the lifestyle and the job that you're in um, compared to what you're doing now, it's really important as well, I guess, with the holistic side that we look at our living, our, like our lifestyle, where we live, how, you know, if we're catching public transport, if our job's high pressure. So how's your life kind of changed from that London lifestyle to how it is now? Worlds apart. Yeah. It, I, yeah. It's completely worlds apart. It's a great question as well, where, in London I was partying too much I wasn't sleeping enough I am um, mm. I was probably doing things at the weekend that I probably shouldn't have been doing I had a lot of fun but it caught up with me and it negatively impacted my mind and the way I lived my life so my my lifestyle my lifestyle and my behaviors and the actions that I took in my life definitely weren't positively impacting um who I was as a person so then when I moved here I obviously changed that and I spent the reason my girlfriend and I moved here was to, uh, as I'm looking out the window now over the ocean, is mm. to to have that lifestyle, to be outdoors, to be in the ocean, to be in nature, because we understood that that was what it what it would take for us to be happier. I guess. I mean, we, we were very happy, but mm. we could live a happier life. You know, the, I I'm very passionate about purpose and direction and meaning in life as well, mm. and I felt. Uh, I felt like I had no purpose when I was working in consumer goods. I was just working to make someone else money. And I thought, well, what is that? Like, I want to make other people happier and healthier in mind and in body, as opposed to just making someone a millionaire to go and buy some nice cars. Like, it didn't, mm. it didn't, it didn't bring me any satisfaction. Um, but then I did a lot of work and understood what my values and kind of priorities are in life. Mm, yeah. So with, um, so what, um, for our listeners, what do you do now? Good question. Um, <laughs> I, I, I call myself a performance, a performance and wellness coach. Um, mm. And I specialize in three main areas, strength, mobility, and breath work. So strength and conditioning, um, flexibility and mobility and breath work. And my kind of certifications are quite a lot with regards to health fitness and wellness um started off with strength and conditioning at uni um a certified mm. yoga teacher certified mobility specialist certified mm. breath instructor free diver um and a number of other little ones um it kind of goes back to what i said earlier with a holistic approach where i want to i want to help and be able to offer a range that all complement each other mm. I thought about doing a bit of nutrition work as well, but that's just not my area. So I, mm. I feel like with with the breath, with strength and with mobility, 
they all complement each other, whether you want to improve your running, if you want to be an ultra endurance runner, you want to improve your cycling performance, your swimming, so if you're a triathlete, if you're a rugby player, a football player, whatever it may be, being able to control your breath, being able to control your active range of motion through mobility work and being strong through range with strength work all complement um, that sport specific as well. Mm, um, and in saying that in the um, kind of long distance running, you yourself did a hundred kilometer trial race. Um, yeah. How did that go? Yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, there's, there's nothing else like it. And kind of goes, goes back to my, my intense personality where I sacrificed so much in the three months sort of prior to it. I trained pretty hard for about four months, then three months leading up to it. I think the fear response kicked in where I thought, can I swear on this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, I won't swear. My mum might listen to it. I thought, um, bleep, I thought, bleep it out. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, um, I actually may not be able to complete this. Um, yeah. So I think that's why I was so worried and so scared that I wouldn't finish it. So I trained so hard for three months prior. Mm. You know, the, the weekends leading up to the race before we tapered, I, I'd wake up at four in the morning, drive out to the Blue Mountains, run trail marathon come home in the afternoon, eat some food, sleep, wake up Sunday morning, run a, a, a road half marathon, mm. go home, go home, eat and then sleep again. And I did that for weeks. So oh, wow. I was a pretty, pretty rubbishy boyfriend, um, pretty, rubbish, <laughs> pretty rubbish friend. But it just kind of showed me that you put your so much time, effort, emotion into one thing and you get the result you wanted because mm. not in a not in an arrogant mindset or at all but I, I got what I wanted with regards to my time and I did a lot better than I thought I'd do um, mm. and people say these things are addictive and they absolutely are so now I cannot wait for the next one mm, yeah I mean that's part of it isn't it like being happy with what we have but always striving for more and having goals uh, I think you're, you're bang on. It's like an internal battle that I have a lot of the time of just wanting to be content and feel happy, which I do, obviously. I feel very happy at the moment. Um, but I always want more and I always want to be more and do more and help more people and be more human myself. And mm. running is an amazing um, gateway to that where you run for 14 hours, six hours in pitch black. You learn a lot about yourself and you think a lot about life. Um, mm. I know, you know, I cried about four times during that one run, you know, mm. the happy tears, sad tears. Um, life is very quick and just to spend some time on your own with your own thoughts can be extremely powerful. Mm. Do you do any, um, just talking about being with your thoughts, do you, I know you probably have a breathwork practice, but how you said meditation used to be really difficult. Do you have like a stillness meditation practice now? No, to answer the question simply and honestly, I, I would like to incorporate something and I, I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to use Sam Harris's um, app, yeah. Waking Up, I think it's called, um, and I'm trying to get back into it and I need to prioritise it a little bit, little bit more in my life, but there's nothing that's consistent at the moment. Um, mm. I did la last year during COVID when, when it all kind of kicked off, March time 2020, I was pretty good. Um, I was doing Headspace religiously but at the moment nothing mm, yeah um I was gonna ask about um 
your so you did some free diving training mm. yeah can you explain what that is i just read somewhere um it was on an instagram post today and it was just explaining how much the human body can can achieve in that kind of state with free diving so can you explain a little bit it's really interesting so i did it for a number of reasons i think number one was to understand the breath a little bit more understand mm-hmm. our relationship between carbon dioxide and oxygen i i also wanted to understand i guess there's three points here that was number one number two is understanding our fear response understanding mm-hmm. how to deal with fear and stress because i mean when you're 15 20 meters down and you feel that you need to take a, take a breath and you look up and you think holy crap i've got quite a while to go until i can breathe mm-hmm. that's pretty stressful but can you feel relaxed under that sort of situation um so that was a second reason and number three I'm not very good in the water. Mm, <laughs> I, <actually> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, being, being Scottish, we're not really brought up in the ocean like the Aussies are. Um, uh-huh. So I wanted to try and get a bit more comfortable in the open ocean and try and, I guess, face my slight fears with that. So that was the three, the three areas that I wanted to work on. But it's such an incredible, it's such an incredible way to, to see nature as well and to feel that underwater meditative state without having a tank and just to feel quite free mm. um, but I'm not amazing at breath holds um, I've got a lot to work on that's improved my CO2 tolerance which I'm I do a lot of work on at the moment with my mm. uh, breath work and the more that I can improve my CO2 tolerance the more I'll be able to stay in the water for longer and the more I'll be able to kind of swim around with nature yeah well I did um I've done scuba diving a few times and there is nothing like that feeling of being underwater it's like you're on a different planet or like it's so quiet and everything just moves at such a different pace um so i can't imagine just being there without the tank <laughs> it would just feel even more incredible well, it was amazing and, and when i when i learned to do it and when i did the training we we did it with sea lions so mm. you, you take a, you just take a breath. You try and relax yourself up in up in the surface. You take some calming breaths for one or two minutes. Then you take a full breath in, and you just dive down. And these sea lions are just like zooming past you. Mm. And obviously, the the longer that you can hold your breath, the more that you can stay down and and just observe what's going on around you. But I wasn't, and I'm not amazing at holding my breath for that long. It's something I'm still practicing, um, and that would frustrate me because I wasn't able to stay down for longer. So that was a bit of motivation. The better I can, the better I can improve my CO2 tolerance. The more I can relax and chill with the sea lions. Oh yeah, that's a pretty good goal to aim for. <laughs> um, it's interesting that you talk about um, working with the fear response. Um, so I get like because I teach a lot about the science behind stress, and my partner actually he does jujitsu, and the whole part of it is being relaxed in that high pressure state when someone's trying to choke you out and not having that reaction, but rather taking deep breath and having that wider perspective and kind of being in more that um, parasympathetic nervous system state. Um, So I guess I'm just gonna ask, how can we kind of apply it to our daily, day-to-day life? Like, do you find, I know you work with CEOs and kind of people in the corporate world, does that apply to to them when they're in high pressure states can they kind of get into this relaxation state with the breath yeah no 
this is a great thought. It's I often look at the bell-shaped curve, the the level of arousal that's mm. spoken about in sport quite a lot, but it's very applicable to the corporate world as well. And Dr. Andrew Huberman from Stanford University will often talk about being in a state of uh, feeling relaxed, calm but focused, or relaxed, calm and alert. Mm. So the more alert you are, or if you're too alert, you're too sympathetic driven and you're too, uh, your arousal is too high to fight or flight, then you're not focused. You can't concentrate. Mm. You're just too buzzed. Think of, think if you have three, three shots of coffee, three shots of caffeine, um, three espressos, whatever you want to call it. You're, you're, you're too buzzy. You can't think. But then if you're too tired, you've had a bad sleep um, you're too fatigued, then you're not on the ball. So it's finding that happy medium and, and understanding where that balance is. And in the corporate world, being that focused and being that alert you can get so much more work done a higher quality of work done and you're a better asset to any team so that's what i I try and help people with and using the breath is a great tool to get to that state um if you're too stressed you get an email from someone that comes through usually what happens your breath starts to speed up what happens when your breath speeds up your heart rate speeds up when your heart rate speeds up your adrenaline your cortisol increases in the body and that's all a direct impact through breath. So if you can notice that, and if you have that awareness when that happens, you then have the ability to slow it down as well to um, reverse those actions. So then if you nasal breathe, slow it down, um, heart rate reduces, cortisol and adrenaline uh, decreases as well. And that brings you back into that more focused state as opposed to being too upregulated or too downregulated. Mm. I think it's having that... It's, it's having that ability to understand when to use the breath um, and for what reason, I guess. If you're too stressed, slow it down. If you're too fatigued or too tired, or you've got that kind of lunchtime slump, then you can use a breath for some faster, sharper breaths just to try and upregulate. You know, I think we often think that cortisol and adrenaline is always negative. It's, it's not mm. always negative. You know, even for, I mean, you'll know this with, with your work. First, first thing in the morning, when cortisol levels are the highest use it to your advantage you know it's not mm. a negative um and if you are feeling tired and if you can use your breath to consciously uh increase your adrenaline your alertness your energy it's a great tool to use because mm, we're always coming back into that into that balanced state and i guess you're really teaching people um to be in it for the long term like that longevity side of it and not having that burnout that crash um, which, yeah, I guess does bring that um, higher productive levels and less absenteeism and all of that kind of stuff. So it's, do you find that people are open to learning about the breath or is it something that people are still a little bit resistant to doing? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's getting there. It's getting yeah. there. I, I've been pushing it pretty hard, I feel, for about two years. Um, and I feel over the past couple of weeks has been a good tipping point or maybe a couple of months when I start to feel that people are taking a bit more um taking a bit more time to actually understand how it can improve their life um mm. the science that's coming out over the last couple of years and the books that have been released are pretty incredible and we just need to get people to understand I mean like anything in in the world it just takes people time to start adopting it um and i want to be that person who can try and regurgitate information 
to a wider audience. You know, nothing that I, I mean, I don't, I can't think of anything, but nothing that I articulate over my socials or to my um, clients, I'm, I've found out, right? I'm just regurgitating all this knowledge that I've learned mm. through other people, through scientific literature, through these absolute geniuses at Stanford, at Harvard, who've done all the science, done all the work, and now I'm just trying to help put it out into the world. And I don't ever claim that I've made, made up box breathing. I've never claimed that I've made up holotropics uh, breathing either. I just use these techniques and practices um, in a certain way that can help augment people's lives. Mm, yeah, but I guess it's so great because you're all these different things that you've been learning in your reading through your own, um, you know, through your own life but then you're kind of channeling that through and putting it out in your own little spin. So people are going to be attracted to your teachings in a certain way that you put it across. And obviously like with athletes or in corporate, in the corporate world, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really great to see that you're doing, you're doing this stuff. Um, so you've got, you kind of work with the breath and you obviously do the movement side with the mobility and conditioning and, do you place any emphasis on the recovery side as well? Yeah, I mean, quite a bit. And I think it's something that gets neglected quite a lot where mm. I'm very passionate about sleep, but I'm very passionate. Yeah. Um, so often we will try and slam ourselves in the gym and we think the more I sweat, the more calories I burn, the, the better my workout is where, you know, actually this is, sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit, but thoughts come in my head, where one of the trainers in the gym that I work at recently said to me before we went into lockdown said, I never see any of your clients sweat. Mm. And I thought, that, I thought that's, that's one of the main issues that's wrong with this industry where people think that your client has to be pouring a sweat and really breathing to have a good workout. Mm. You know, a lot of the work that I do is, is for longevity, for joint health, for injury prevention as opposed to just slamming them to lose lose weight right I mean obviously I've had a client who's overweight and wants to lose weight would work on that but mm -hmm. many of them are many of them are, are runners or um swimmers and they're looking for longevity um I forgot what you asked me all the recovery the recovery, you are recovery. You're, on, you're on the right track <laughs> told you I like to go off on little tangents um recovery so so yes um so a lot of the sessions that I do with my clients is often based, based around how well can you perform, but how well can you recover? Mm. A lot of my clients I see, I see three or four times a week. So it's not about slamming them every time so that they're coming into the next session in pain. It's just over time having these incremental gains. Um, kind of one, I think it's um, Atomic Habits in the book just talks oh, about marginal yeah. gains or, yep. or incremental, incremental gains. Um, over time, that makes a huge difference as opposed to let's just slam you every single day. And I sleep, like, bring it back to basics, but the science behind sleep as well. Um, mm. Getting a good eight, eight hours in to promote recovery. Understanding that we're in, when we're in sleep, it's a completely different state of consciousness. That huge amount of um, beneficial uh, things, for no better words, happen when you sleep. So it's, um, yes, recovery is a huge, huge part. Especially if you want to train, if you want to perform at your best, you need to recover even better. Mm. on the sleep um i just heard the best um kind of metaphor from a teacher that i had in a yoga for mental health teaching and um maria kirsten her name is um and she put it that 
when we go to sleep, it's like all throughout the day, our brains are just working, working, and it's quite fuzzy. We're taking everything in. But when we go to sleep, it's like these cleaning ladies come in and they organize your brain. They organize the closet. They dust things. They put things in the right place. And that's what's happening while you sleep. So if you don't get that, your brain's going to continually be fuzzy or get fuzzier. And that's where we don't have that clarity. We don't have that focus. So we need to let the cleaning ladies do their job each night. Um, and every time I go to sleep, I kind of think of that. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, yes, my brain is nice and organized, fresh, ready to go. Thank you, cleaning ladies. <laughs> Love it. That's a good little way for that. And like, I, I, younger Rory would work really hard in the gym or work really hard running. Then he'd probably go out and drink too much and then mm. just feel crappy the next day. And I think now with what I, what I know and what I've learned, when you're in the gym or when you're running or when you're training, when you're exercising, whatever it may be, that's about 60 or 70% of your work. The next 40, 30, 40% is done with how you recover, you know, because mm. there's no point in smashing yourself if you can't then recover optimally. And things like mobility, sleep, breath really complement that because like, your body has to be in that parasympathetic state and down-regulated, less stress, mind and body, physiology and psychology to mm. optimize recovery. Um, breathing in a more optimal way, slowing down the breath consciously can actually promote that recovery as well, which I just find incredible. More, better breathing, more oxygen, more lung volume, more diaphragm function, um, just takes all the boxes to recover in a more optimal way. Mm. And it's so great because um, these tools, like everyone, breathes <laughs> everyone has access like it doesn't cost you anything you might have to put some investment into learning um, and have someone kind of to keep you accountable and on track but the breath is always there and it's free it's natural um so i just think it's just a tool that everyone can access completely i, I and i i agree with that and it's a tool that once you learn the, the various tools and techniques mm. it's with you for life but i mm. think what the issue is because people can't sell it as such. Like I, I cannot sell you your breath. You always have your breath. Um, people don't see the value in it. Mm. Or maybe they're, they're not currently seeing the value because large businesses can't put a sort of price on it. Obviously you can make apps and you can sell apps or whatnot, but it's, it's because it's so simple. I think sometimes the simple things aren't the sexy things. Mm. Um, and it's hard to make people not make you buy into it, but hard to get buy-in when it's just so easy. Mm, yeah, it, it really is like, cause you want that kind of charge and you want to feel like you're going and, you know, achieving this and achieving that. But really the best thing we can do is get good sleep. You can focus on your breath when you need to and use it in a way, eat healthily. All these things that we know, um, are just, it just comes back to the basics really. Well, I think you're, you're buying on as well. And I, I'll often say to people, or when I have clients who want to change their kind of behaviors or their lifestyles, three things I look at are water, so hydration, mm. sleep, and breathing. How are, you, how, how are you breathing? How are you sleeping? And are you drinking enough water? Mm. And it's so simple. We don't need to overcomplicate things. And mm. often, uh, more times than not, something out of those three is off. And if we can mm. fix one, two, or three of them, the lifestyle will definitely improve and change. Mm, and I kind of see that once we get one thing in place, like whether it's sleep, um, 
you know, it snowballs to the next thing. So then you have more energy. So you might exercise more, um, you're exercising more, so you can drink more water. You're going to go to bed earlier. So it's just one little tweak that can really open it up and open you up to more things. And, you know, five down, five years down the track, you go, wow, I'm completely, my lifestyle is completely different, which same, same for you probably when you're living in London and same for me when I look back when I was at university, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> what was I doing? But I just wasn't aware. Completely. And another, another little triangle to think of is emotion, sleep and breath. Mm. And if we can, if your emotions are off, your sleep is probably off and your breath is probably off equally. Mm. If your breath is off, your sleep will probably be off and your emotions are off. You know, so if you can improve your breath, you can improve your emotions through kind of stress levels and re relaxing. If you can improve your breath, you probably sleep in a more optimal way. You probably will have less sleep apnea. You're probably using your nose to breathe, closing the mouth. Um, breathing more functional way um, so yeah I like to think of that little triangle breath emotions and sleep mm. this is a personal question and maybe um, some other listeners might be interested in the answer but um, I noticed that I sleep with my mouth open <laughs> so oh, no I know but how like how can I, I've been trying to find answers how I can change this habit because obviously you're asleep um, so what tips do you have for me very simple. Tape your mouth. Really? 100%. So th this little disclaimer um, for anyone listening and for yourself, just have a little bit of tape across here. So a little mm -hmm. bit of 3M tape, just to gently seal the lips closed. So in the jaw, obviously when you're conscious for 16 hours of the day, you can consciously breathe through your nose and that's, that's your choice. But then when you sleep, you're obviously unconscious or mm -hmm. in a different, different state of consciousness. So your jaw may just drop open. So to save that from happening, and we all know that well, the benefits of nasal breathing is ridiculously mm. important to the body and the mind, which I'm sure we'll get onto in a minute. Um, <laughs> so it's very, it's very important to close the lips and make sure you're breathing in and out through the nose. So think, like I said, if you're breathing consciously for 16 hours of the day through your nose, then for eight hours when you're in bed, when you're asleep, you then start to use your mouth again all that work that you've done for 16 hours completely goes down the pan. Mm, so it's just yeah. a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll definitely give that a try. I feel like I tried that a few years ago. Um, but then it just, you know, again, it just, you need to focus and um, get aware of what you're doing and yeah, really focus on it to make it happen. But okay. So what are the benefits of nasal breathing? Why should we be doing it? Yeah. And like, I, I, I actually do sleep with my mouth closed. Um, I've been told that from my, my partner. So I did, I did take my mouth for a while and then I realized mm. I actually didn't need to, but mm. I've heard through, through, um, sorry, I've heard through my friends and fr through clients that it's actually been game changing for them. Some people have mm. really changed, changed their sleep. They've woken up feeling less groggy, um, with more energy, um, better mindset less anxiety less stress so everyone if you're listening just give it a try okay nasal breathing benefits so think of the nose as the body's natural filter our nose is designed uh, and is put on our face um for a reason and that's to breathe and to smell our our mouth is designed to eat so we're not we're not meant to breathe through the mouth so the nose warms the air, filters, humidifies. So we're getting that nice moist, 
moisture and clean oxygen down into the lungs. We also pick up nasonitric oxide, which kind of pulls um, around the nasal cavity. Nitric oxide works as a vasodilator, so it helps open up the blood vessels throughout the lungs. That helps distribution of that oxygen. Um, what else does the nose do? Slows the air, air down. And we know through Christian Bohr's research back in 1904, so over 120 years ago pretty much, um, that we need to breathe less breaths per minute for more oxygen uptake and delivery. Mm. Um, a lot of us are overbreathers due to mainly stress in life, as I'm sure you know. Um, overbreathing is dysfunctional breathing. We release, release too much CO2 out of the mouth or the nose, and we need to slow the breath down to actually optimize oxygen uptake. So I'd say they're the, the main sort of benefits of nasal breathing. So, so many, so many. And that just, you know, obviously from those benefits, our life really does change in so many and the, ways. And, and those, sorry to interrupt. And those no, ones yeah. are more the physiological sort of mm. benefits. But with that, in turn, comes the, the psychological. And the by slowing down the breath, you, you reduce anxiety, depression. Um, so mouth breathing is very much associated with high upper chest, short, shallow breaths. That's associated with more dysfunctional um, stress, anxiety, more uh, upregulated. So you just, I mean, it's very black and white. You look at the opposites and mm. just slow, slowing the breath down, calming it down, utilizing diaphragm, noticing how to breathe in a functional way can really just improve many, many aspects of life. Because mm, I actually, um, it's a lot better now. Um, but definitely a few years ago, I would wake up really anxious every mm. morning. It was just this horrible feeling in my chest. And, you know, if I would lie in bed, it would just stay there and get worse, even though I'd mentally try and, you know, talk, say I'm grateful for the morning or tried all these phrases in my head to think myself out of it. And it would only go away when I would kind of get up and start moving. And I would associate that with taking those mouth, um, breathing through my mouth at night so um i don't experience as much anymore but i'd be really interested to see i'm gonna might um you know keep a journal and just track myself and see how it goes with the tape over the mouth and yeah because um obviously from all the benefits you're just saying that's probably linking that reason why that that was happening i mean it could be a, a contributing factor and definitely with the mm. awareness that you have just to keep a a notepad or a journal like you said to, to understand when you start the, the mouse taping and see how that makes an impact over over the weeks and over the months mm. and i'm sure it'll have a, have a pretty profound experience um i also want to touch on the kind of nasal breathing whilst exercising too um, mm, yeah because it's something that i get a lot of questions on and i think it's quite a good time to actually articulate it where when you when you breathe through your your mouth when you're exercising, you lose, there's a study, you lose 42% of the moisture. And you think if you're losing that much kind of moisture and hydration, then you're, you're going to get dehydrated a lot quicker. Um, mm. So that's one negative impact. The second one is if you see people running and the majority of the time, mainly more so than not, people run and they do this. Mm. These short, shallow, fast breaths out the mouth. What that does is releases too much CO2 and we need CO2 in the body to absorb oxygen and to open up the blood vessels for uh, vasodilation. So if you release too much CO2, uh, not in line with your um, metabolic demands, 
then we have the opposite vasoconstriction, so blood vessels then narrow, and then the oxygen cannot detach from the hemoglobin in the red blood cell into the working cells and tissues. So essentially, if you're just getting rid of too much CO2, oxygen can't get absorbed into the working cells and tissues, therefore you'll fatigue faster and you won't have enough energy, um, ATP, in the muscles to actually perform at your best. So that's literally just slowing the breath down, using the nose to breathe, will help you become a better athlete, perform a better ability for a longer duration as you won't fatigue. Um, people often say, oh, yeah, but I find it really hard to use my nose. Mm. Yeah, because it's changing a behavior that you've probably been using for 20 or 30 years. Mm. Um, and if you feel the air hunger, that's CO2 rising in the body. But this is a lot of my work that I was doing with free diving and, and understanding um, kind of apnea tables through the free diving world is that you can you train your CO2 tolerance to become more tolerable at handling, at handling high levels of CO2. Mm. And that will then in turn work in your favor to function more as a human and as an athlete. Mm. So, so amazing. And it's so simple. Obviously it's easy to say, um, but hard to put in practice. As you said, like it's a habit mouth breathing that lots of us have been doing for our whole life. So to become conscious that we're doing it and then actually put into practice is a different thing. Um, but it's just amazing those benefits and such a simple technique that people can start doing, doing from today. And it, and it is, and people have got to realize too, or I, I think I probably started this about two or three years ago and I started nasal breathing when I run and you've almost got to take two steps back for three steps forward. You know, mm. I, I had to slow my running down so I could use my nose. And then over time, your body adapts, your body becomes more efficient at breathing in that certain way. Therefore, you can you can start to speed up the pace. But at first, you've got to slow down. You've got to be patient. Like we're, mm. we're not here. We're not here to, um, to get better overnight. It's, mm. a, it's, a, it's a long game. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely about progress and not perfection, as I try to tell myself a lot <laughs> yeah enjoy the journey <laughs> yeah yeah and it's something we can just do throughout our day as well you know if people are um if they've got kids or if they're at work if you're feeling like you're getting in that stress state and things become too much and you become overwhelmed and like you've got no space it's just that reminder to just take a deep breath in through the nose and back out the nose and just notice how you feel and that can just be a game changer just in our day-to-day -day life as well as in our hundred percent and and like this is why i'm very passionate about working in the kind of corporate space too because i've, mm. I've felt this the, the stresses of of the corporate world and how unhappy i was and if i can help people live five percent ten percent happier um day by day week by week with just little tools and techniques when they do feel stressed anxious overwhelmed morning email evening whatever it may be mm. just ha having those little tools to kind of refer back to and i keep it really simple where even just like a four, six breath or, mm. or box breathing. So four seconds in, six seconds out, maybe do that for two minutes. Then it just completely shifts your state from stress to calm. Equally mm. doing a bit of box breathing, four in, four hold, four out, four hold. Again, two or three minutes to bring your attention to your breath, not thinking about the past, not thinking about the future, just staying present in that current moment. It just helps mm. really just calm the body, find some balance, bring you back into, into your mind, into your body. Mm, so good um yeah I can keep talking about the breath for so long um but just wrapping up here I guess I just wanted to ask because you did you know suffer with depression and is that something you still deal with today yeah uh, yes I 
I call them wobbles. So yeah, I, that's a good. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I I'm a much mentally I'm a much happier person. Um, and I don't deal with it as much as I used to. But it will come up every so often. Um, where I just won't be feeling myself. Maybe I push myself too much with mm. with my own sort of athletic um my own running um and my work trying to push myself for my clients and my business um and then just missing home and whatnot and just a lot of things can come up and then just have a bit of wobble where one or two days I don't for myself and I'll have some tears and I am quite an emotional man as well um mm. so I feel like that's still there but my 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 behaviors and my lifestyle has changed so much where I don't drink that much anymore I'm out doors in nature I, I run by the ocean I'm in the ocean my life is very different compared to what it was when I really suffered um mm -hmm. and when I was an antidepressants so it just shows the power of behavior change um mm -hmm. compared to just taking a pill and thinking that'll fix everything I mean like certain people need certain things um yeah. but I'm very very passionate about changing your lifestyle and changing your behaviors um, every single day just for that neuroplasticity you know we can change mm -hmm. and rewire remold the way we think feel perform in, in life and this is it's true it's fact it's a science mm, it's a really hopeful um, positive way to look at it and just having those support systems around you in those times that you can fall back on like you're running you're breathing and just yeah just making sure your lifestyle is supportive as possible so I guess my final question to you Rory is so what makes you your healthiest self? What makes me my healthiest self? Um, I, I, some people think this is quite a selfish thing to say, but I'm going to articulate it as well okay. as I can. I'm intrigued. I'm my healthiest self when I, when I put myself first. Mm. So when I don't put myself first, I can't look after everyone around me. So I need to make sure that I'm in a good place mentally, whether that's me uh, making sure I'm training, I'm exercising, I'm doing my breath work, I'm looking after my mind and body. Therefore, I can look after my loved ones, my family, mm. my partner, my clients. If I then put everything into other people and other things, and I'm not looking after myself, then I'm not feeling healthy and happy myself, then I, everything in my life doesn't work the way it should. So I think... I need to look after number one, which is myself. Mm. Then and everything else in my life works really well. That sometimes sounds very selfish to some people, but I hope that I articulated that in a certain way that that made sense. Um, and and when I'm when I'm also feeling my healthiest self is when I'm connecting with loved ones around me. Mm. Just feel, I feel that connection, that relationship, and that um, I'm very I'm a very loving person. So just being with people that I love and surrounding myself with people I love is is when I feel pretty pretty healthy. Mm, yeah, wow, amazing answers. I'm always so interested because people never say what I think they're going to say um, with that one. But yeah, it's it's not a selfish thing, um, and but it can feel like it. It is because our society kind of makes us feel like we shouldn't look after ourselves, but we can't pour from an empty bucket. Whether you're a husband, a wife, a mother you know, like yourself, a wellness coach, looking after other people, whoever you are. Um, I think it's so important that we, we do that self-care and we look after ourselves so we can look after others. So I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you there, Rory. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we're on the same page. You, you articulate that 
perfectly as well. It's um, yeah, it's, and I've known history. I've known through my past and through history when I'm not looking after myself, everything mm. else just falls apart around me. So now I know that when I do look after myself, um, and I've noticed things just work better. So yeah. I, I've I've learned through history that this is the best thing for me. Yeah, learn the hard way, as lessons tend to tend to do for us. As as yeah, as a bit as it happens. <laughs> um. So if people want to, you know, um, learn more about you or just um contact you in any way and see what you're offering, how can they reach you? Yeah, uh, the best way would be through Instagram, Rory Warnock Wellness. Uh, my website, RoryWarnock.com, um, and they're probably the best two, the best two go-to places. Yeah. So you're based in Sydney. Do you do any stuff like online if people aren't based in Sydney or during, you know, COVID, the world we live in now with lockdowns and things? Yeah, no, great. Um, I think I just forget this because life is just so different at the moment. But I'm do, mm. I do online, online Zoom sessions, um, which have become pretty popular just because people have time. They're very interested mm. in uh, slightly more niche offering as such. Um, so the Zoom s- sessions will be on my website um online i don't really do any online strength work so i, I prefer it in person but the the zoom mm. breathwork sessions are a pretty good go-to yeah cool oh if people are you know interested in in trying something new or they're you know that's going to be their goal or their new focus that would be a great place to start with those zooms oh, um Absolutely. so thank you so much for spending this this friday morning um with me and i'm sure i've learned a lot so i'm sure listeners out there have taken more than enough um information into their into their life that they can really practically and effectively apply if they if they choose to so thanks so much rory not at all well thank you for having me on and and if anyone has any other further questions just please do contact me i love to talk about life i love, love to talk about mental health physical health human development um it all interests me massively. So thank you for the time. Thank you for the questions. And I hope you have an amazing day. Oh, thank you. Such a fantastic chat with Rory. I definitely learn a lot and I'm definitely going to try that tape thing over the mouth to see if I can get my nasal breathing in order. (laughs) Hopefully you got something away from this too. Make sure you check out and support Rory's stuff and all the great stuff that he's doing. So until next time, stay safe and look after yourself. Bye for now.